How's it going today, guys? Back here in the studio for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today is April 25th, 2018. I've got Jeremy Kuhn here with me in the studio. Say what's up to the people. What's up, guys? Back again. I uh, got a full arsenal of hot takes ready for you guys. Yeah, guys, we got to take so hot today, you might get burned, so watch out. Caution when uh, listening, but let's get down to it. We'll start off with the Cavs. We know that's what everyone wants to hear about, LeBron James. So I'm going to say, honestly, compared to where the Cavs were at last week and compared to where they are at the beginning of the week, I think they're in a pretty good place right now. I mean, I think that LeBron's got – I mean, he's obviously the best player in the world, so, I mean, you always got a chance when you got him. But the Cavs finally got help from some other people. Corver was knocking down some big-time threes, and they shot the three ball well, and I think that's why they won that last last game and personally I kind of like Cleveland in seven now I mean I was thinking uh, Mm -hmm. that Pacers could beat them but I feel like they've kind of figured it out a little bit more and all these games have been close I mean these teams have been shooting awful percentages from the field like it's been really bad how bad they've been shooting and it's been a slowed down game and you know the Pacers don't play at a faster pace so they they basically have to beat the Cavs by one or two points and I just feel like LeBron won't lose to them twice by that much yeah I mean you got LeBron averaging 32 11 and 8 so far in the series he's shooting about 64 percent which is nice uh his three-point percentage is down a little bit um so one of the takeaways i figured out from that is uh it seems like he's taking 10 or 11 more shots on average than the second closest guy on the team um it just seems like other guys on the team are not looking for their shot i think that's why they struggle in this series and 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 they've looked better as of late you know getting corver involved and things like that i think they need to run more plays with corver you know getting him off screens getting him open getting him looks but um to go off a, a point i made last week um I found some more numbers to back it up. Jordan Clarkson, Rodney Hood, and J.R. Smith, they're only combining for a total of 10 shot attempts a game right now in this series. And I just feel like those kind of guys, like they have to find a way to get involved. Like I don't know what's going on mentally with them, but I think the Cavs are going to be a force if they can get them involved because LeBron's certainly playing at a great clip. And the only thing I've seen from LeBron as far as his three-point efficiency being down with those other guys not getting involved, like they've looked timid and they seem like they're kicking it back to him on the three-point line at the end of the shot clock. He's throwing up a shot, you know. But uh, I think Cleveland's in a better place than they were last week, no doubt. Um, I'd like to see them maybe even give Seti Osman a couple minutes, see what he can do, like uh, scoring off the bench, because they just need some kind of spark. Yeah, he's a really good defensive player, too. I mean, looking from things from the Indiana side of things, Victor Oladipo just simply has to be better. He's 5 for 22 from the field last game and 5 for 15 the game before that. And the first two games, he shot 50%, and the Pacers played really well in those games. But, I mean, he hadn't been able to do anything. 1 for 8 from 3, 3 for 8 from 3. I mean, it's just not acceptable if you're Oladipo 17 18 points and he's supposed to be the leader they need better play from him I mean obviously Bogdanovich stepped up and hit those big time threes for them but both these teams if you look at it statistically have been pretty evenly matched at everything and as much as I thought the Pacers could beat them I just really think Cleveland is has the best player in the series and when your best player in Oladipo is not playing well and that's who you want to ride like it's going to be pretty tough to weather the storm so I mean if Oladipo can really step up and improve that shooting percentage I mean that's going to be enough to take them over Cleveland but I don't know I just feel like that Cleveland got a little something up their sleeve. I mean, they've been blowing them out in the first half every time, blowing in the second half. Really, if they can play a good third quarter, I think that they can win one of these games by 10 points or so. No doubt. I mean, I think we're starting to see the divide of the talent. I mean, the top-to-bottom roster talent on Cleveland, I think, is just much higher than the Pacers. I mean, it's not that the Pacers don't have a lot of talent, but 
I just think Cleveland is, you know, top two in the East easily. Yeah, one uh, big on paper. One big thing people were saying was that Miles Turner getting those getting foul trouble in the first half hurt them. But I mean, the Pacers have been getting their asses kicked at halftime almost every yeah. single game of the series, except for Game One. I mean, the Cavs have been up by double digits on them every time. So I don't really think that's that big of a deal because he was on the floor at the whole end of the game with only like yeah. four fouls. So it's not really what it is. Personally, I think Cleveland is a must-win tonight for Cleveland, and I think they'll pull it out. I'm not really sweating it, but I mean, if they lose to Tonight, I will favor the Pacers, but I don't th- see him losing tonight. I just no. don't see LeBron losing at home. I think they'll take care of business. We'll probably see one of those classic LeBron game six type games, you know, probably 40, 40 point triple double action. Yeah, <laughs> about four, probably 45, 14, and 10, yeah, something like something that. Along those lines. Yeah, LeBron will do everything he has to do more. So let's move from there to a game that happened last night with the Bucks and Celtics. And I know y'all have been listening here and all my everything I've been saying about Giannis, been hyping him up and everything. Honestly, Giannis played a good game, though, yesterday. He fell a rebound shy of a triple double. I mean, the mm-hmm. Bucks are blocked blocking a lot of shots at 8.2, but I think Giannis has to shoot the ball more, quite simply. He was 5 for 10 from the field. I mean, that's not bad, but, I mean, he's your best player. You need more than 10 shots from him in a playoff game, especially when he's shooting like that. And I think Eric Bledsoe needs to shoot the ball less. I mean, he shot awful last night, and I think they're better off without him on the floor. He's smaller, so, I mean, he's not doing a great job defending. I mean, Rozier and these other guards have been eating him up, and I just really think they need to let Giannis run the show. Him and Middleton, Middleton's knocked down from deep, so they need to find another shooter. I mean, Jabari Parker's been on fire this series. Yeah, he just hasn't uh, hasn't took enough shot attempts, really. That's what I'm saying. And my uh, sleeper player in this series actually been Jabari Parker. The first two games, mm-hmm. he wasn't getting as many minutes and not playing very well. But these last three games, he's gotten over 25 minutes, and he's had 16 points and five rebounds in all of them, and he's been shooting a decent percentage from the field. So I think they need to keep being aggressive with the lineup they have on the floor and maybe put Bledsoe on the bench. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Bucks should be able to pull this series out. I think we're seeing a big gap in the coaching skill right now going on because they have such an uncertain situation going on. Um, Giannis is averaging about 26, 8, and 7 right now, 60% from the field, 38 from three. So much above his season average from three. Um, he's, he's looked great, but he needs to shoot the ball more just flat out, like we were saying. Um, one of the things I've noticed, they've given up way too many offensive rebounds to the Celtics, especially the guards. They just got to put a body on someone. There's no excuse when you have Giannis and Don Maker out there, two seven-footers on the floor, and you're getting out-rebounded by Al Horford and the boys. So... Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. There's no excuses for that. I just think, quite simply, that the Bucks are being outcoached. And from a Celtics side of things, I mean, you got to give it to Brad Stevens, man. He probably got about 40 wins out of Kyrie, and he got none out of Gordon Hayward. And Horford's even been in and out of the lineup a little bit. He's tried the most combinations of players ever. He's tried over 60 different combinations in his starting lineup. So, obviously, Brad Stevens is trying to just plug and chug and make something work. And he's done a great job with it. Now they got the 3-2 yeah. series lead. And, you know, I know I said that I thought that Dan Tony's the coach of the year, but I might have to flip my pick here to Brad Stevens and just give it to him for everything that he's done with this team and what he's done with what he has. I mean, I know you think Quinn Snyder's coach of the year, and I definitely put Quinn Snyder now ahead of Terry Stotts. Like I said, Stotts right. was after they got swept, but yeah, I just think that was that disappointing. I just think the Bucks need coaching, quite simply. It's what they've been lacking as a good coach. I know that Giannis no, liked no. Jason Kidd, so I don't really understand why they fired Jason Kidd. But they need a better coach, and that's what this series, I think, comes down to in a playoff series like this is coaching, and the Bucks are going to get out coached. That's part of what I think is holding back Cleveland is they don't have a great coach. LeBron is their coach. So Agreed. 
I'd be surprised if the Celtics or uh, not the Celtics. I'm sorry, the Bucks go for uh, someone like a Mark Jackson type in this offseason. Yeah, I think he'd be really good on good with the way that he developed Curry and that three point shooter and everything. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. Steve Kerr definitely took him the next step. That's why I get mad when people say Steve Kerr doesn't do anything. Is right. Mark no, Jackson? He did. He did but, yeah. But Mark Jackson did kind of get the fundamentals going and, and started letting those guys loose. Oh, yeah, for sure. But overall, I definitely think the Celtics are getting great play from another sleeper player in the series, Jalen Brown. Oh. He's the first Celtic to ever have two 30-point games and be this young. So, I mean, He's special. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like we've been saying, the Celtics will have a decision between Tatum or Brown. We still think they'll choose Tatum because of his shooting. But who knows what they could do. They can't pay all those guys. But I really like Jalen Brown, and I just like the way the Celtics have been playing such great team basketball. And I think that's what will push them ahead of the Bucks. unfortunately. I think it'll go seven games, but I feel like better coach usually prevails in a seven-game series and in a game seven, and that's what it's going to come down yeah, to. I agree. Um, I, I was kind of sleeping on the Celtics uh, as far as Brad Stevens goes um, all season. I Just seeing what he's done this series has been impressive. I mean, I, I'm I'm scared for the future as a Hawks fan. I, I don't see us ever getting over the Celtics for the next few years. I mean, they got a wealth of talent, and they got an elite coach. That's what I'm saying. They got the they definitely got the older players and a good combination of youth. I mean, they've been set up by a great way by their GM, Danny Ainge, and everything's looking great for them. So yeah. Celtics, I mean, I'm picking, I know you're picking the Bucks. I mean, I want to pick the Bucks with everything in my heart, but I can't do it, man. I got to pick Brad Stevens and the Celtics. So. I think that's what's going to happen. But let's move on to Jazz Thunder. And since you're the big Jazz guy, we'll let you start out on this series. All right, so Jazz has been getting it done. Uh, Donnie Mitch has been looking like a stud, looking like an all-star. Um, I want to shout out my man Joe Ingles. Uh, a lot of people haven't seen Joe Ingles play before this series, and he's kind of getting that spotlight because people have seen him you know, take Paul George off the dribble a couple times. Um, I think he's one of the most underrated role players in the game right now. I, I came across a stat that said uh, – He's top three in uh, three-point percentage in the playoffs for uh, players that have played more than 30 minutes, which is crazy impressive to me right now. Um, but I, I just think the Jazz, like, the, I, I see them getting it done next game, quite honestly. I, I, I got Jazz in five. I, I don't see – I think the Thunder season is over. Uh, they looked mentally weak last game. I mean, as soon as they got down by 15 points, you had flagrant fouls left and right. They were calling double text to try to de-escalate it, but – you could tell guys like Rudy Gobert really weren't involved. It seemed like Westbrook was really trying to fight everyone that touched him. <laughs> Melo was trying to throw Donovan Mitchell down on the ground every time he tried to box him out just because he's smaller than him. And it, it just wasn't it just wasn't basketball. Like they were they were playing fake tough guy ball like Kevin Durant and, and that's just not what the Thunder need to be yeah no I agree with you completely on that they were definitely playing t- fake tough bo- ugh, fake tough guy ball but that's quite a mouthful by the way fake tough oh, guy yeah. ball the uh, words kind of flow together struggling that one out too. <laughs> yeah. but the biggest thing to me is the Jazz are outscoring OKC by 7 points and if anything OKC by playing this fake tough, tough guy ball is doing themselves worse because they're basically showing and admitting that they're frustrated and they've been frustrated like I thought that's it was super stupid that Russell Westbrook was saying, oh, I'm going to come out there and shut down uh, Ricky Rubio. Like, I mean, yeah, you lost the fight to him, but you in the process of Westbrook trying to win the battle, yeah. he ended up losing the war, which was dumb. I know a lot of people have yeah. been using that analogy, but I mean, it really is the best way to use it. Um, the OKC's 14th in the playoffs right now, field goal percentage, that's terrible. I mean, they're shooting terrible and stupid shots. Westbrook only knows one speed, and that's out of control. Yep. Melo played good in the first game and a half of this series, and now he's like 6 for 24 from 
three. So you mm-hmm. pretty much hit all six of those threes in those first two games. Yep. And they're just not getting anything out of this team. I mean, they're turning the ball over over 15 times a game. Now, Utah's been turning the ball over a good bit, too. But it's just sloppy basketball. You can't turn the ball over 15 times per game and then shoot the 14th out of the 16 teams that make the playoffs and field goal percentage. I mean, it's not going to get the job done if you're OKC. So I really think OKC's done. I feel like that Utah is going to come. I think they might keep it close in the first half, but Utah will come out and hit them, hit them in the mouth in the second half, and I think they won't. And I could honestly see a couple ejections coming in this game, too. I think things will get chippy. Oklahoma City is going to get frustrated quickly, and I think Utah just did a great job from the start of exposing how mentally weak the Thunder were and yeah. getting in their heads. I mean, you watch Joe Ingles get make Paul George get teed up. Like These, these yep. Thunder players, anytime anything happens, look like they're about ready to buck up or anything that happens, and, and Utah's handled it all well. Yeah, and I, one of my other takeaways from this series is I, I really think this has exposed Billy Donovan. I, I don't think that he's an NBA caliber coach after watching this series. I don't see how you take this talent and you allow them to act like that on the court, let alone play at that level. I mean, you, how if you're Russell Westbrook and you have all the historic accomplishments you have, everyone knows you're as good as you are. How do you let Ricky Rubio get mental real estate in your head, you know? Yeah, like Russell Westbrook should have just said it's whatever. He had his night. Like, we're not worried about right. it. Right, and, and if and if you're Billy Donovan, how, how do you trot your team out there all season with what everyone's saying about them? And then they, they start getting to go at the end of the regular season. You get to the playoffs, and then what are you doing? Three-player ISO hero ball, like you're at the rec center at your local community college. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you, they come down the floor, they stand around, burn out the whole shot clock. Westbrook either takes a shot, taking up all 24 seconds, takes up 10 seconds, passes to Paul George. He does an ISO, fadeaway three, misses it. Or they give it to Melo, and Melo just bricks a three from 30 feet yeah. because God knows what's going on with Melo right now. His or, best highlight of the season was playing in a hoodie in preseason. Yeah, or he holds the ball and chills for a few minutes, and then he gets down and shoots some contested pull-up too, like yep. off balance. It's just not smart basketball yeah. that we've been playing. And I really think that, too, the thing they're lacking is a point guard to run their second team. They lack depth. This team has no, no depth. I feel like they're better off with Westbrook and one other star. I mean, if they could really build a team a lot like Houston has, they could get Westbrook and another star and then they could have Steven Adams and then they can just get a bunch of role players, which mm-hmm. I think is the best way to build your team because when one player's off, then you got a role player who's going to step up and role player's not like having another star now. The Warriors do it a lot differently with four stars, but that works a lot differently and all their role players are automatically better because they're going to be the get the worst defender on the floor on them at all times. And, and the Warriors are well coached and they just have a better culture. The Thunder just seem to have the culture of, you know, Oh, I missed a shot. Well, fuck, fuck everyone and my teammates. You know, like yeah. it, it just doesn't. They don't look like a cohesive unit out there. It's just not playoff caliber basketball. They're just not the team I expected them to be. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that, and I agree with you too about Billy Donovan being a bad coach. Mm-hmm. I think that he lets Westbrook do what he wants to way too much. He doesn't take control when he doesn't tell Westbrook to chill out with that. Like Definitely. you even saw it in that series when they had the Thunder beat and they came back and beat him when they had KD. Like mm-hmm. Westbrook would just try to take over, and that's why KD left. And I mean, that's just the way Westbrook is. We can't change anything about him but just the way it is you know I really like you I even if the even if the Thunder are win tonight which I don't think they will I really like Utah tonight I feel like it's just delaying the inevitable they will get destroyed in Utah next game just like they did last time so so we'll move on from there now and we'll talk about a second round matchup that's about to go down and that is Pelicans versus Golden State obviously everyone sees Steph Curry come back I think at most he misses one game this series but this series is going to be a lot better than people think it will now the biggest thing for me is that 
Drew Holiday has been absolutely balling. He is sixth in the uh, in the NBA playoff players in points per game, and we all know what he did defensively, locking Damian Lillard completely up, who we said was just one of those guys you can slow down, not stop. I mean, he stopped him, though, holding him to 18 points rather than what he had been scoring. But the biggest stats to me that stand out for the Pelicans, which is a reason why I think this series now, it may not go seven games, but I think every single game will be down to the wire, is the fact that the Pelicans are blocking 6.5 shots per game in this series in the playoffs and they're getting 8.5 steals. I mean, that's just amazing defense right there. And that's how you get more points. I mean, like they're making everything tough for them. And I think holiday and Rondo will bother Thompson and Curry to an extent, but I think that their three point shooting being so much greater than the Pelicans is what will lead them over them. I know that Mm. like Anthony Davis, for example, like I literally do not think that there's a single big man that can even like bother Anthony Davis. JaVale McGee is, is he's not that great. I mean, Anthony Davis will make him look like nothing. Like every, Every single player on their team, nobody can mess with Anthony Davis on that team. Anthony Davis is going to go ham in this series, but yeah, throwing it back to going ham, I haven't used that one in right. years, but he's going to go ham in this series. But I feel like that it will be Golden State's three-point shooting. I mean, we've said many times Golden State's three-point shooting is what will carry them, so I don't see how it could be any different this time. Yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see if the Pelicans can keep up with the scoring pace uh, without the outside shooting, like you said. I, I mean, the Golden State, we know they don't have an answer for Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, Rondo at his best. I mean, he can he can D up Steph Curry at least impact him some. It's, it's a problem because they have four all stars on their team. You know, very hard to account for all of those guys. Um, I think Draymond is going to be an X factor. He's he might be able to D up Davis a little bit. I See, doubt I think it. Davis is too big. Uh, to yeah, shoot over I, him. I, I agree. And uh, Holiday has been playing great. I mean, people forget about him because he had that rough game with the Sixers, and I feel like. Before that, he was getting buzzed as like an all-star caliber kind of guy. Yeah, he people really got respect for him. Yeah, yeah. And people had respect for him. And he had a rough game where he shot like, what, one for 22 or whatever. Yeah, like. and then he was hurt uh, for a season and just like all yeah. that stuff getting traded. He's still that same player, though. Still, you know, the crazy quick guy off the Adidas commercial. So, I mean, we saw him put up 41 that one game. Um, if he can continue that scoring pace, they have, a, they have a good shot to at least take this to six or seven. Yeah, he's really been one of the two best two-way players in the playoffs. You know, another thing from a weird side of thing is that Kevin Durant has been playing well and coming into his own, and I don't think the Pelicans really have an answer for Kevin Durant, Solomon Hill, and all those guys are going to throw at him. I mean, none of them are going to slow him down. So basically both teams have their best player in an unfair matchup for them. So that's going to be interesting to watch right there. I just the Warriors scoring depth in general. I mean, they got guys like Nick Young off the bench. That guy can streak you for 20 points in a quarter. So Yeah, exactly. Nick Young just go post up in the corner and hit five threes in a row, or he get three out of five open threes in a row. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I definitely think the Pelicans are going to have to dominate the boards. If they had Boogie, this would be an even more interesting series with everything that they would have. But, no I mean, I think this is going to be an excellent second-round series. It's going to be really fun to watch. I think this will be one of the best series we'll see. I mean, the Western Conference is way more stacked up than the East. I think it's way more fun basketball to watch. But, I mean, I'm really looking forward to this series. I'm going with Warriors in six, but I think every single game will be a five-point game. Yeah, um, I'm going to have to agree with you on that. Um, I, I think I'm actually going to take Warriors in five. I, I just think that if Steph Curry comes back, they might get the ball rolling on another level. Mm-hmm. Um, Steph, I mean, he's going to take Rondo, but I, I just think that they don't have an answer for, for Clay and Durant at the same time. And then you got to account for Draymond, Iguodala. Yeah. 
Yeah, see, Swaggy P, everyone. I just don't think they have the answer to keep up with the pace. Yeah, see, the thing is, two people on the Warriors are going to be draining threes no matter who it is. Yeah. Like, And you know that's going to be rough for them. And honestly, Steph Curry's the kind of guy, when he's on, he can turn around and hit eight threes on you. And right. like, boom, like that. It's a different game. But we'll also talk a little Raptors-Wizards uh, here for me. And the biggest matchup for me is John Wall versus Kyle Lowry. And John Wall has absolutely stepped his game up. I mean, the field goal percentage has not been where you want to see it at. But, I mean, the last two or three games in the series John Wall has stepped his scoring up a lot and he's had 14 plus assists in the last two so I mean John Wall has taken over and he's playing at a playoff level they can definitely bother Toronto a little bit but from the flip side of things Kyle Lowry's got to be better he's only scoring 19 points in the last two 13 and 11 in the first two now they did win the first two but I mean if you look at his field goal percentage it's below 50 in both of them I mean he's hitting a decent amount of threes but Lowry needs to do more and be more for this team I mean he's an all-star and he needs to play like an all-star yeah, I mean, player to player, Washington actually matches up with Toronto a lot better than most teams in the East. I mean, Gortat is a big enough body to handle Valenciunas. Um, yeah. You got Bradley Beal. He can match the scoring of DeRozan any given night. I mean, Beal can go off for 40, you know. Yeah. Um, and then, you you know, John Wall and Kyle Lowry. I, I think John Wall, personally, I would take him if I was building a team uh, over Kyle Lowry, but it's very close. They're both very good point guards. Um, but I, I just think that... The, the Raptors are going to get it done this game, quite honestly. Yeah, no, I think Raptors still win in six, but like you said, they have really good matchups across the board. Yeah. Also, Ibaka and Morris, like, these are great matchups everywhere. Otto Porter Jr. and whoever they throw out there, the small forward's been right. a nobie lately. I mean, I have to give Otto Porter Jr. the edge. So, I mean, if anything, they might have a little bit of the edge on them in the starting lineup-wise, but the bench is where this series has really been divided up, and I think that's what it's going to come down to, but... Overall, I think Toronto is just a great defensive team. I was looking mm. at some defensive stats. Toronto is like a top three defensive team in the playoffs and in the league. So yeah. I think Toronto's defense will be fine, and I think they'll get it done. I mean, they have great home court advantage. If yeah. this game goes, if this series goes seven, I think Toronto is going to win. Yeah, I do think it goes seven. That's the only reason I give the edge to Toronto. They get that home court advantage, and I think they'll get it done when it counts at the end. But I, I, I do see the Wizards taking it to seven and, and down to the wire in Game Seven. Yeah, no, the Wizards. Um, with like last game when they had a. Uh, What's his name? Uh, Beal foul out. I mean, that was yeah. that with five minutes left. I thought it was over, but that's when John Wall took over. But I mean, if you look at it, these two teams have been hitting the most threes of any team in the playoffs, or, per, or at least percentage wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, these teams are scoring the highest points of any team in the playoffs this series. His defense has not been great, so I mean, that's why I like Toronto's defense to really step up for them. But in the end, I yeah, like you said, I think Toronto will move on and they'll get to the next round. But we'll talk about the last series right here, and that's Rockets-Wolves. I just think this game's a formality. Sure. I think the Wolves got lucky that one game when the Rockets played awful. But I think, if anything, like I said yesterday, that game proved that James Harden was the MVP game four because in the first half, it was a one-point game. Harden was like three for like 11 from the field, and then he came out and had that 22-point second quarter, and they just blew him out of the water. Yeah, no, I, I think the Rockets get it done. I think the Wolves are, are done. But uh, I'm glad they squeaked into the playoffs so the Hawks could snag that draft pick. Uh, a good year to snag it. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, I think the two series that are ending soonest are no doubt Jazz, Thunder, and uh, Rockets, Wolves. I got, I got Jazz and Rockets going on. Yeah, who do you think's the most impactful player that can change one of these series still going? Yeah, um, on, on that front, I'm going to have to go with Eric Bledsoe. Uh, he just hasn't been playing up to par. Um, we, we know he's a potential triple-double almost every night kind of guy whenever he was playing for the Suns. Um, he hasn't flown – he hasn't got his flow right yet with the Bucks. Um, I, I do think we might see a big game out of him tonight, and that could be an X factor. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd have to go with Eric Bledsoe, though. His play just hasn't been up to par, and that's the star talent that they need to – 
come to the forefront if the Bucks are really going to get through this series and overcome the coaching deficit. Yeah, no, I definitely think that Aaron Bledsoe could, he definitely needs to like step his game up in order for them to get past. I just feel like he's just not good enough at shooting threes to be on the floor, and that's what the Bucks need is a couple more three-pointers a game. But I'm going to go with John Wall, like I was saying earlier. I feel like when John Wall plays at this level, he can change the whole series up. If he can go in there tonight and take over and be that floor general and get you 14 assists and score 25 points and shoot over 45%, 40% from the field, I feel like that's a real efficient game from John Wall. And mm. I mean, I feel like Beal can get it done no matter what, and I think Beals is more of a go-to scorer than Wall, but when Wall plays like that, I think the sky's the limit for this team. John Wall's a guy who I bashed a lot this season. You know, I had really high expectations for him after coming out and doing what he did last year in the playoffs where he averaged over 30 points per game, and like, mm-hmm. one of those games against the Hawks in Atlanta, he had the first 19 points for the Wizards in one game. Like, mm-hmm. John Wall's a guy, a guy who can get it all done, so I really think if he takes his game to the next level and plays like the superstar he is that he hasn't at all this season, that the, the or Washington can easily upset this one seed and go to the next round. No doubt. And an honorable mention for me also would be Melo. I mean, there there is some hope if they can get Melo going that they might be able to squeak out a win. I just don't see them now being down 3-1, being able to win that series. But if Melo brings, you know, puts on the time machine goggles and gets yeah. out there and starts making buckets, like, you never know what could really happen, but... Yeah, no, like everyone's the other X Factor guy. Yeah, like everyone said all season, when that big three shows up, they'll be fine. But I mean, that big three hasn't showed up all playoffs. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if they could show up three games in a row, they could come back and win. But when is the big three showed up three games in a row? Not a single time this season. Right. So, I'm not worried about that there. But, Jeremy, I appreciate having you on the show again. We'll talk some more coming up here soon. No problem. I'll be here uh, all, all playoffs. So. <laughs> yeah, no, we got all the playoff takes coming for y'all. Um, just want to give a quick shout out to the Braves for bringing Ronald Acuna up to okay. the uh, to the forefront. I mean, we're really excited to see what this kid can do. This kid's going to be an absolute beast. He's the number two overall prospect. I really think he's going to ball out. When you lose the Reds twice in a row in one week, I mean, it's time to bring him up. So I'm really excited to watch him play tonight. He's my what what to watch for tonight, even though there's all this NBA on. That's my that's my star to watch tonight. But tomorrow we're talking all NFL draft and maybe a little Cavs. Actually, I'll definitely throw a little Cavs in there. I know everybody likes to hear about the Cavs, so you got to. But mostly NFL draft and R, so be ready. Get ready for the draft. Get hyped. NBA playoffs winding down. We'll see y'all tomorrow. I got him on Zane to the Rats. The home of the Ram with the Dinosaur. Every week I change my clouds. Got a fin to store in my house. Got a building garage in my house. Got to wash up my wrist, cause a house. My bitch can't sleep in my house. Make a sleep at the hotel now. And when you talk me, you talking on cap. And your diamonds ain't looking like tap. I was always looking for the pouch. Keep an army bitch in my lap.